fun or funny to do you know how many so many podcasts start off by people just chatting and then going no we're recording we've been recording the whole we, time we could do that if you want to <laughs> <clears throat> if you've got an idea to lead it and like do that then that's fine oh do I... you know what there's a sofa score app i've dedicated so much time and attention to sofa score <clears throat> i just thought i'd get sofa score up so i'd have the same amount of Stats, you know, were so factually precise on the podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I feel a bit bereft away from my sources, and SofaScore are telling me that they've got an app, which, quite honestly, is life-changing. Nice bit of Foley sound there. I know, nice bit of stuff for the... Oh, and Sheffield Wednesday versus Shrewsbury Town, a featured match. They knew already what my interests were. Really? Were so were that tawdry. Good stuff. <laughs> so we started this is how it happens it just starts organically organically wow. that's, not that's how all the podcasts do when they're in a room together yeah it's not false like what we do no <laughs> no okay that's interesting <laughs> I still feel like maybe I might go back and add an intro just to soothe my soul and make do you have an intro written no you don't have an intro written but I can do it later <clears throat> You sent some business about a train. Might do that. (laughs) But in the absence of that, I'm Richard Miller, one of the hosts of Different Gravy. This is a very different version of Different Gravy. We're in in the same room, can you believe it? Uh, Events have conspired to first off put off our in-person recordings and then present us with another opportunity for one. Yeah, so um, should I just go ahead and take this opportunity to do my little piece, Rich, and just uh, just fill the listeners in as to what kind of transpired over the past you can do. week and a half? Um, so we, we did our Christmas episode, which we put out on Christmas Day. Uh, we were planning to put that out on Boxing Day, but then Rich did, uh, had an idea to put it out on Christmas Day, which I thought was was really really sweet gesture. So um, I hope everybody who listened to that enjoyed that. It was It was fun to make. Um, during that episode, you could probably hear me coughing. Uh, so what I felt, we recorded on the 23rd of December, the evening of the 22nd, I came home from seeing a friend, not feeling so good, and uh, tested negative that evening for COVID. Uh, Christmas Eve, I tested positive. Uh, so now, kind of joining me, I think I'm on day 10, I'm out of isolation now. Um, but all of this means that my plans to go back to my new adopted homeland of Canada, are severely delayed. Mm. So here we are. Now I'm someone who has a... I'm free, I guess I'm probably still a little bit virulent, but hopefully a lot less so. Rich and I are recording this in his house at a distance. The windows are yes. open. So yep. there is some degree of precaution we're taking here. But uh, no, I, we, I desperately wanted to see Rich and to do this opportunity to do a podcast in in person to see my, my dear friend Rich, so here we are. And what a treat it has been to see you and share mm. a, f- a veritable feast of football uh, in of course in today's mm-hmm. uh, Shrewsbury versus Sheffield Wednesday football match. Sure, I mean, I thought we'd have a delight of putting the Sunderland performance away midweek. <laughs> I say midweek, it was Thursday, so 
Oh no, that's more pushing towards the weekend behind us, but uh, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, the the mistress is a gift that keeps on giving. So yeah, and they say that misery loves company, and mm. uh, the company of SWFC PLC or Sheffield Wednesday one or one through three, however the ownership structure works. Uh, that company certainly have managed to make us miserable today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we will get onto that. There's plenty of time. We've uh, it's been a week for Wednesday where we've suffered pretty much half of our league wins all season uh, in the space of about four days, which is fantastic. We've gone from having half uh, our league losses. You half imagine. our league. Sorry, half our league losses. Yes. Yeah. Um, Half our league losses, and uh, we've gone from having the longest unbeaten run in uh, in all of the top four divisions to uh, to to on a pr- being on a pretty terrible run now, uh, with very few wins scattered amongst draws and mm. losses. Uh, but anyway, there we go. News wise, uh, there's the sort of half news that have we got a drop, Rich? We do have a drop. I don't know how this is going to work in this setting. Uh, I can tidy up in as they, what they call post in the fo- in the uh, TV world, but uh, let's let's give this a go. Breaking hoo-hoos. That's definitely not going to be loud enough. I thought I had a beautiful timber, even if you have to do that in post, Rich. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, to put us on a news footing, the uh, the first bit I think is probably the fact that. Uh, Lewis Wing was going to be recalled, mm. about to be recalled, but then wasn't recalled. Yeah, something weird that I think a lot of people spoke with with such conviction that it was happening. Then I, but I, I, I guess the weird thing is, if a player would be recalled, I, I think we've noticed that happening in the past, right? That has happened previously during our something we've been aware of during our fandom of Sheffield Wednesday because yeah. I mean, recalling loans is a pretty. Is a pretty new thing in the kind of context of footballing history, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, I suppose it happens in certain situations. We've had, um, we've had, we've had loans cut short because of injuries and form and things like that previously. I mm. guess if a player's not playing, um, Lewis Wing has racked up a fair amount of appearances for us. In this case, it would have mm. been to solve a a sort of numbers crisis that they're having at Borough. Um, Chris Wilder never want to moan uh, or, or feel oh, hard, no. done, hard done by. Oh God, no! That's completely against his character, Rich. <laughs> Presumably, whining on to the FL that he couldn't fulfil the fixture list, and then saying, "Well, you've got you've got five or six senior players out on loan. Yeah, if you call a couple of them back, you can probably play the match." So, uh, Lewis Wing would have been one of those players. I can only presume that they saw his performance against Sunderland and decided uh, that a ghost, um, three kids in a jacket, um, <laughs> uh, a scarecrow, anything would be better on their bench than Lewis Wing at this point right. in time. One of the weaker baddies in um, a particularly uninspiring Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> Gee, yeah. Scoobs, it's a terrible footballer. <laughs> and they all have a moment where they're like, hang on, we don't remember Lewis Wing being from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> and the more memorable ones, the more, you know, maybe Daff, no, I think Velma kind of brings up says, no, we did see him, he's just that forgettable that you forgot who he is. <laughs> and so, then, 
Yeah, and then um, Scrappy Doo takes his mask off and it's Berahino all along. Oh, there we go. <laughs> scrappy, Scrappy Berahino. Yeah, so he he's he's not gone, not yet. No, um, again, I, it's it's a shame it's not true. <laughs> um, I I would like to think there'd be a cash saving that we could probably put to something better use somewhere else. And I think also it it may be said that there would be a knock on effect with Alex Hunt probably coming back from yeah. Grimsby as a result from yeah. that, which. Um, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. I mean, Lewis Wing has been a monumentally disappointing signing for Sheffield. He has. He has. Um, and, and interesting, I think we've maybe got uh, two different kind of calibers of Lewis Wing performance to talk about in the two games we're going to cover today. Obviously, Sunderland, the midweek one, loosely, and then mainly as now if we're recording this post, post Shrewsbury. Um... Maybe not huge opposites, but maybe slightly different ends of a, a bad spectrum. Sl- yeah, sl- it's not really the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's sort of like slightly effective versus awful. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the full gamut. Yeah, the full that's scale. the full gamut of what we see from Lewis Wing. Um, Long way divorced from you know his reputation <laughs> and his performances last season for Rotherham. Mm-hmm. I have always felt, I know it's a division up, but those sort of starring performances for Rotherham were in a team that got relegated. That is true, but then, you know, we've also got a weird situation now, which is a Rotherham team without him, and I'm, I'm sure they would probably think that they're weaker. They seem to be presenting themselves pretty prominently in this division. They do, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's intri- I mean, it's just, it's a shame to be in such a poor place form-wise that uh, the prospect of the the loan being cut short is is a is a vaguely positive one. Yeah. The other person that we've heard tell of maybe their loan being cut short is is Bailey Peacock Farrell. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully that doesn't come to fruition. He's mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly been a more than useful addition for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't heard anything about Gibson going back. Uh, there was because well, I thought of, the situation was Gibson. It's already gone. Gibson's already gone for the sake of kind of rehabilitation. Yeah, rehab. But then there's still the talk about whether he's going to come back. So I think it's in place with the agreement. But then I don't. It seems to be them actively talking about whether he can come back and whether that's a good idea. I wonder what happens in that situation because obviously we sign. You know, presumably we sign some sort of agreement with Everton that we'll pay his wages or part of his wages. Yeah. For a period of time, and then if he gets injured and goes mm. back, even if he goes back there for rehab, do we still have to pay that percentage of his wages? It's a really fascinating thing. It's one of those things about football that we were kind of on the, uh, you know, we're on the precipice of, of these things, and yeah. we never really get to see. But something that kind of I think fascinates a lot of a lot of football fans, and also that business side of things. Well, if you, if that is the case, that we asked, that, you know, we've signed up to pay his wages for. 12 months or whatever yeah. then it's not really in Everton's interest to cancel it if he's injured no that's true I mean it, it, it's, it's also that weird kind of sign of things that we've seen with uh, the nature of the Premier League and we think it's a place that's just a wash with cash yeah I mean it is but it's, it's not to it's not for us to tell them how to spend their money 
Well, I think... And, you know, we've talked about this historically, like, uh, you know, with, like, the George Hurst debacle, was like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, clubs can do the meanest, tight-fisted things to screw a club out of money. Yeah. Yeah, they'll do that, even though they're profligate in their spending generally. Yeah. They will cut a corner or cut somebody sure. out if they can. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's cutthroat business, even though it's sort of splashy and silly in, in some ways. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to see what the benefit is for Everton if they're, if they're allowed to do the rehab and make sure that they've looked after their long-term prospect in terms of his uh, recovery mm. from the injury and we're footing the bill for his wages, then uh, it's, it's hard to see why they would want to cancel it. Um, rather, other than the goodness of you know the goodness of their hearts, or or, yeah. as, or maybe taking another option from them, maybe. And I, I also mean for the interest of this is like, I don't, the difficult thing is we seem to be under a degree of transfer embargo structure. Yeah, because we're still freeze and loans. Freeze and loans. So the the question then becomes who is who is available as a free and loan that's going to strengthen us because we could really do with some strengthening this window. And you feel you know that it's probably going to take a long time to get going. But the interesting thing is we've still seen Sheffield Wednesday's um, stature and approach previously. Was that especially with Andrew Green? I mean, he was a free signing, but we we dawdled a lot Died, before yeah. we got. We made the point to get him over the line. A little bit similar to Mendes Lang. Now Mendes Lang seems like an early option in in, in kind of yeah. the opposite case of that. Yeah, he was around so, the squad for a long time before yeah. we, we bit the bullet. We don't know. I mean, we. it's easy to kind of say as a, as a fan, from a perspective, to say, well, why isn't X player seemingly available? Wouldn't they want to kind of take a chance and an option of even if we did something to the end of the season deal? You know, a name comes to mind like Andrew Wisdom. Yeah. Um, we seem to only entertain who was, uh, who was the chap at centre-back. The former Bristol City. Yes, I've forgotten the name now. You know who I mean, but we were linked with uh, Mariapa. Mariapa, that's Adrian yeah. Mariapa, who seemed to be in a degree of fine fettle, so it, it kind of shaves some of those weeks off getting someone in who can come in and improve the team and maybe do a shift while, you know, there's this continued convalescence. Well, it's tough, isn't it? Because I think we've seen the the extent of the injury crisis with covid added on means that we're probably playing players that don't need to well that shouldn't be playing yet and therefore we're mm. maybe running through like it feels a little bit like we're running through we've got very limited numbers in certain places mm. in the pitch and we're running through players in in those positions as well yeah because um, obviously we will we will uh, we've danced around it but we will talk about the Sunderland game but that that saw saw a return from Dunkley and then him also coming off in the same game and it it looked like an injury that left him very frustrated and and, and upset. So it doesn't feel like a sh- that's going to be a short term thing. Um, mm. We've lost another player in today's game. Who knows how long that'll be? But that it's a, mm. it's it's one of these tricky patches where we're in difficult we're in a difficult sort of patch form wise. We're struggling to get a team out more often than not, and the, then you don't have the options either. So it's like nobody's getting pushed in terms of 
potential replacements behind them. It's it's a it's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. It, it would be no, would be nice to see some some action early in this window. I I highly highly doubt we're going to see anything. If we see some movement, it'll probably be last minute, and by that time, there's another. <coughs> whatever six games gone or something like that well it probably yeah. won't be six games but um, another batch of games have gone because uh, we don't ever seem to do anything in a timely manner really no we don't and I mean this is uh, this game this game that we've had now takes us to the two games we've played take us to 24 games played this season I th- uh, yeah I think uh, I think we were, yeah we were halfway through after the Sunderland game and now yeah, we are now in the second half of the season uh, with today's game with Shrewsbury um, we really we could do with some defenders we could do with a defensive midfielder holding midfielder at least one um, we could probably do with a left back still yeah uh, I mean as it stands or at least so maybe Flashcore's telling me that might be incorrect only three more games before the end of January Okay, so it's not so a it's, huge amount of the season that will pass between now and then. But it's interesting it, to come off of the back of. I mean, we've talked about there's no game next week. Yeah. Because of obviously we crashed out the FA Cup, and that was the FA Cup weekend. Um, it it just feels really weird following what is typically a very um, very argued against period in the English football calendar. Yes. Everybody seems to hate it, but then really we get the mouthpiece of foreign head coaches who don't really have an understanding of the fabric and historical nature of Christmas football and how much that means. I think to... fans love the... I think most people... Yeah, it's probably fair to say the players and managers are, are less keen on it, but I think fans love all the festive football. By they do. They do. And yet it was hilarity. hilarity I think I saw someone else talk who basically made a point and said, players would love to be paid the same wages to just pay like half the games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, course. sure, of course they would. Yeah. Well, that's the same for everything, though, isn't it? Of course, yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to just be paid the same? For half the work. For half the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I personally, I think those are the two... I, I tend to look at who do we play Boxing Day, who do we play New Year's Day, alongside first game and last game of the season those are the, those are the fixtures that yeah. I have to look at first yeah no it's, it's it's um, it's very much the mentality that it's a treat for everybody involved I think everybody's having a bit of a a bit of a festive break from work most of the time unless you yeah. work in an area which is pretty predominantly busy in that but yeah everybody kind of enjoys enjoys the kind of feast you know it's about binging on the finer things in life mm. so cheese wine Cheese, wine, and uh, awful third-tier football for <laughs> So, um, should we talk about... So, if we're talking about binging on <laughs> Christmas food, Rich, <laughs> what would you say the game against Sunderland is? I'm wondering whether it would be like a very poor bubbling squeak. <laughs> it certainly left me, in terms of that... Poor lower league football feast that we're talking about. Mm. I was um, I was stuffed to the gunnels with with the desperately poor third tier football. Um, I was as full as Mister Creosote in the meaning of life. I could not take another wafer thin mint on top of a, on top of the great steaming pile of another wafer thin Barahino <laughs> appearance. 
Would you like another Wafferthin appearance? Yeah. Would you like a Wafferthin performance? From uh, Sheffield Wednesday's very own crappy do. Yeah. Come on, it's only Wafferthin, says, says, <laughs> says Darren Moore. Um, yeah, we should probably do it. I, 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 so I'll put back to it after a very merry covid must for all. Hmm. Um, First game of football in... How long was it? The tw- it was 20 odd days, I think. It was the 11th of December, I think it was. Wasn't yeah. It? That we last played, and that was the um, the victory out away at Crew. It was one of those where Darren Moore sort of said, I think it's almost been, and then gave a very, very precise. He's like, I think it's almost been nine days and six hours since our last game of football. <laughs> <laughs> so said, don't- said like a jilted lover who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who missed the who, who missed their ex who absconded on them <laughs> I mean it's only been like two months three days and 14 hours since we last nothing compares to um, since we last you... embrace yeah yeah <laughs> so following a long break we uh, we got to weirdly go up on a weird day which I think was kind of Rich and I were talking about the fact that like you know football players cannot play a game Apparently two days afterwards. Um, the only time that apparently is acceptable for that... Is if the calendar says they have to. <laughs> which is Easter. Yeah. Is. Good Friday and Easter Monday. Yeah. Is the exception for that. But the rest of the time, if there's a game two days, then it gets postponed. So it seemed to be Sunderland put free past uh, Donny. Yeah. You know, the Gary McSheffrey train, <laughs> which we've heard a lot about today. <laughs> uh, thanks to Radio Sheffield. Um, they lost on the 27th, so I think that was the reason why they played on the Thursday, which is a shame, because I, I really hate playing games when other teams aren't playing at the same time. Yeah. Um, I t- to be honest, I don't... Well, I, I don't. It doesn't affect me that much, to be honest. I don't mind who's playing when, but... It just it never works in my world. But I think also, mainly, it, it doesn't work because it's a midweek game for Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Which is... Well, it's a game of football for Sheffield Wednesday. Which well, that's true, are. yeah. We're not very good at those, are we, Rich? No, I mean, we'd be, we'd be an alright football club if it wasn't for all the football. Oh, it would be a fucking great football club, yeah. <laughs> but we welcomed... There was a few surprises in the starting lineup. So we, we, we've had COVID in the camp. We haven't heard who's got COVID. We haven't heard who's no. affected by it, who's still out. But we know that we've called, we've been part of calling off fixtures like the Burton Albion fixture on uh, Boxing Day. Mm. That was both teams that couldn't fulfil the fixture. They didn't have enough fit players. So presumably there are there's a swathe of Wednesday players. Yes. Who are come just come off the back of COVID, are currently suffering <clears throat> with COVID. Who knows? Mm. And I guess that's also part. We can't use it for the an excuse on the performance, although I'm sure. I'm sure Darren Moore would love to, but, but there is an interesting dimension now to look at. Like it, it's a changed lineup today, mm. but then how much of that is nobody covered themselves in glory? Yeah, from the Sunderland game. But then I think there's a degree of that, but I also think there's a degree of rotation. There are people. He does with, like to rotate. We know that. We know he likes option. to rotate, but I think there's there's a lot of niggles, and I mean it, it's probably going to be the case if you've had like a very big disruption to your training schedule, which we seem to know has happened. Sorry. <laughs> Do you not think, though, in part, um, the lack of players during yeah. the during the run-up to, before Christmas, before, the, before Omicron sort of got its teeth in, 
the lack of availability of players actually might have saved Darren Moore from himself. So we actually had some consistency in our lineups. We actually did play the same eleven, or you know, nine or ten out of the same eleven each game, and it get, it allowed us to build a bit of form. We certainly yeah. looked pretty formidable defensively. We were scoring goals. We looked like a good attacking threat, and maybe that was in part you can't rotate when you don't have the options to rotate with, and maybe that was Darren Moore being safe from his own weird inclination to do this when it, it clearly yeah. was dis- disjointed more often than not mm. um, but we saw, we saw Dunkley come back into the side straight back in straight back in the middle of that three uh, with uh, Palmer on one side and Johnson on the other so that's a return for Johnson as well um, Mendes Lang making a debut and uh, playing on the, the left hand side of the, uh, the wing back position mm-hmm Jack Hunt on the right there, um, and then that f- slightly familiar sort of Bannon wing, uh, Dele Bashiru in the middle, and then Patterson and Gregory up top. Um, I didn't think we started that badly. I mean, we talk about how the team doesn't tend to react very well to, to having breaks, uh, whether that's within a game or from games. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, but a reasonable sort of start to things... But then it all did sort of fall apart. I, I, I noted very early doors that Dunkley was looking shaky. There was a couple of times where he looked harried in, in, in pretty light possession, uh, in, under pretty light pressure in possession. Um, he, he just looked like he was sort of a bit behind the play. He looked rusty, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably fair enough. Uh, some players are able to be out for a long time and come back and look like they've not missed a beat. Some players, it takes a while. They have to sort of work their way into form. So Dunkley is clearly, clearly one of those men that needs time on the pitch to yeah. find his find himself. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't given the time to do that, uh, and they made a lot of hay out of our left hand side. Johnson being backed up defensively by Mendes Lang was not a good combination and that let Sunderland get ball after ball in behind our defence mm-hmm. and we just weren't on our metal in terms of defending that ball in behind and the, the first showing of that really was the goal uh, the, which happened just 11 minutes into the game. Mm. Um, there was a question of offside so I think I, I haven't I must confess I've not seen it back since watching the game live. But did you did you think he was offside? At the time, I did. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those interesting things that it's the angle that we're getting mm. when we see it. It's the, the one focus, stock angle, the focus that goes when you you kind of switch your focus from what's happening with the ball to where um, the Sunderland. So it's Ross Stewart, isn't it? Ross yeah, Stewart Ross eventually Stewart. went on to bag a hat trick and is yeah one of the top scorers in his division, I believe. He's got a good few goals, and we 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 I think we made him look a pretty handy striker. Uh, we didn't, oh, we give, did. him, we didn't yeah. give him much of a challenge, yeah. but he looked big, he looked sort of mobile, um, made good runs, and strong enough to, to cause our, our defence headaches time mm. and time again. But I think that was it was actually a very good run from him, so mm. I think it was sprung, but there was just... Sort of snuck in behind, he yeah. ran, ran uh, off Palmer's shoulder... Snuck in behind Dunkley and then and then ran off Dunkley when the ball went went uh, went through. Yeah, and maybe the first occasion where I wondered if Peacock Farrell could have maybe done a bit better. 
for a goalkeeper of his calibre. Yeah, we've seen him come out and do very well in those situations previously. Yeah, I wondered if I might have been one of the situations. It's, it seemed a touch weak. I think he was probably a little bit slow off his line. We mm. just didn't look prepared for them playing it in behind us and it kind of caught us time and time again, unfortunately. That's all they did, though, wasn't it? Really? I know, but like that's so like we didn't react to it. We didn't drop deeper as a defence. We didn't push... Because Bailey Peacock Farrell, one of the things you could say to him is, well, stand on the penalty spot. Be be like a sweeper-keeper that's going to cut off that option for them. Uh, we didn't react to it at all. We just seemed to let them do the same thing to us again and again. It was a bit like a, a couple of seasons ago we played against QPR where they insisted on a very high line and yeah. kept getting caught out and just didn't change. And I suppose once you drop a goal behind, two goals behind, then it's quite difficult to drop your back line because you want to push forward and try and get back into the game so mm. uh, you end up in a kind of catch 22 uh, I, I use that confidently having not read the book I'm sure I've absolutely <laughs> nailed the context about 70% of people who use a catch 22 reference haven't you read the book though Rich I just um, I just remember a lot of a lot of anal sex that seems I started reading the book a couple of times and that seemed to be the main thing that went on okay Take over. And I don't know how catch. I don't know how ca- I don't know how catch twenty two fits into that. But there let's, you go. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he finished very calmly. I, I think, regardless of Bailey Peacock Farrell's position, uh, once the shot was struck, it was a bit. There was nothing that he was able to do. I think he could have put himself in better position. To yeah. Start it. But I think it was it was well well uh, steered. Um. So around the half hour mark, that's when Dunkley went off. He looked, he was sort of punching the floor. He was very talkative, talking to the the physio staff. It felt like something, I wonder whether it's just a straight reoccurrence of what had happened previously. It, it felt like somebody talking through like, it's that thing again. That's what felt like the tone. Um, he looked pretty upset and pretty angry about it, um, but had to go off. Uh, so what we did in response was we brought in Brennan and put Palmer in the middle of that three at the back which did not help us against the height and strength of Stewart at all unfortunately uh, we did have some highlights Hunt had a really lovely effort on goal where he cut through and mm. the defence was really worried about where he was going to play the ball so they just completely sort of parted and gave him a clear run a clear, clear uh, sight of goal uh, and he, he hit a pretty decent effort with his left foot it just unfortunately was straight straight at the keeper um, unfortunately Hunt followed up a bright moment with a, an absolutely stinking moment a couple of minutes later he played a blind pass inside which Pritchard, Alex Pritchard raced onto the defence just completely in the same way that, that Sunderland had run away from Hunt we ran away, backed off Pritchard absolutely nobody challenged him at all and he uh, laid the ball through to Stewart who again finished really calmly similar sort of goal to the first one in some ways it went into the same side of the goal same sort of finish um, again you know you question Bailey Peacock Farrell's positioning slightly um, you certainly question the fact that there was no pressure on the defender at all um, no pressure on the striker at all uh, he looked very decent he's someone we've been linked with previously Pritchard I thought that he looked very decent all game long Did he, was he sporting an unfortunate ponytail or like a, a man bun, a mun, as people sometimes refer to. Uh, that uh, could well have been the case, Rich. I think you may have been more vigilant in that department than I was. 
that's the first half, really. That's the first half. So 2 0 down. Was it 3 0 down at half time? I thought it was. Oh dear, now I'm questioning. I mean, it was it was hard to uh, pay full attention once we just started getting our little bodies whopped for us. Uh, I'll double check. It was. So Doyle got the third goal in the 40th minute. Of course, yes. 12, 36, and 40, basically. Yeah. So if it wasn't already done at the at the 2 0 mark, it's definitely done at the yeah. 3 0 mark. And just more of the same second half. We didn't make mm. any changes. We sent the same rubbish players out for the second half and got the same rubbish returns. Chance after chance. Header at the far post was a, produced a good save from Bailey Peacock Farrell. Another one blocked by a, a Sunderland man, Embleton, uh, thus far our most committed defender. Um, and then 58 minutes, 58 minutes, a, a third for Stewart, and he's barely had to break a sweat. Ball in from the right again. Palmer Doddles at the back. Uh, Doddles back at the near post, uh, playing playing. Stuart onside but having no influence on the play whatsoever other than just to play him onside um, and Bailey Peacock Farrell had no chance as he tapped it in um, he didn't help himself by employing the customary Wednesday frog jump and mm. the goal there <laughs> where you sort of jump with your arms and legs splayed in the vain hope that something might make contact with the ball that you've left yourself completely at C4 yeah, like you're a frog that's decided to shit itself and then you're kind of surprised, <laughs> surprised at the reaction that you've done as a result. A worrying kind of Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeping virus, isn't it? It is, yeah. Kind of embedded deep in the tail. It's become almost like the throw-ins, one of these things that's now passed through generations. Hmm. Um, because Westwood is long gone, but his, his star jump remains. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... It, it's one of the notes that's passed on. Um, they made it 5-0 with uh, substitute Kim Pioka scoring pretty much as soon as he came on the pitch. Um, just a, a very easy easy goal for him to score. Mm. No pressure again. And uh, he's, he scored his goal. And they, they really looked like... They, I was worried at that point because there was still time left for them to score more. And they looked like they sort of wanted to. Um, I mean, the, the, is it a slight positive that we didn't concede again? They 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 had two or three chances after that. That's not really it. It's a very very minor positive. Uh, Kim Pioka himself should have scored in the 86th minute. That was the last sort of great chance of the game. But a truly despicable performance turned in by Wednesday. Yeah, I I I don't know. I I think that it always feels, and maybe it feels kind of very Sheffield Wednesday esque. But it's it's felt previously like it has kind of been in the fabric of a successful season that we have a game where we really completely shit the bed, really. Like it it seems it seems very customary. It also seems like at this these last few years it seems to be coming when we're in a vague bit of form. Like we talked about how we had a couple of wins that sort of turned. This was an unbeaten run, but it was an unbeaten run of mainly draws. Yeah. And a couple of wins made that look a lot better. Mm. Um, and so you start to feel like, okay, you know, coming into the new year, or coming into Christmas period, new year, 
We are just outside the playoffs. We're in good form. We score goals. We don't lose. Blah, blah, blah. All these things you could tell yourself yeah. that this was a positive position the team were in, positive, uh, your positive bit of form, and a rosier picture going forward. And as you say, when it's those moments when we slightly get... when we, <laughs> There's this vague possibility of feeling some hope. Yeah. It just gets snuffed out so hard. Mm. Um, yeah, it's incredible, really, how just how uh, comprehensively we got whopped. And I don't know if, like... I mean, this is a, a difficult thing. You don't know if... Um, sometimes it, I wonder about the fact that you seem to kind of mentally take on a mantle of having a degree of maturity and maybe it seems like the marker of some kind of emotional intelligence to not get too carried away by such things. Mm. I almost feel like you, you kind of, in these situations, if everything else should kind of pick up, which I genuinely thought they would, maybe they will at some point, but that's something else I can get but a pin in and get yeah. into later, um, that you can afford such a thing and that you shouldn't be too kind of upset by being... Losing in a very spectacular fashion to a team who comfortably looked top of the league. We we made them look pretty ordinary at Hillsborough, I must say. We so. did. They were in a bad run of form then. And this time we hit them on a good run of form and got absolutely steamrolled. But mm. it's t- it's a it's a funny league, this, isn't it? I, I think mm. we've talked about we talked about early doors. You kind of need to you need to win the fight before you're allowed to play the game and. Both today and mid oh, and the midweek game against Sunderland, we just didn't have the fight. We didn't have the sort of drive and strength that you need to just even enter the conversation of winning the game. Yeah. Um, if we got anything out of the two games, it would have been through sheer luck. We didn't look set up to do well in either of the games, and we didn't perform well enough. Um, but that I, I think comfortably probably the worst performance of the season. And you go into today's game against Shrewsbury thinking we need to see, we want to see, we expect to see some sort of reaction to that. Mm. I know it's only two days or and there's probably been not a huge amount of training happened in between times. Mm. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, the Omicron thing, everybody's affected the same. Nobody's in an ideal situation well, that, with their training ground. Nobody's in an yeah. ideal situation with their player choices. Yeah. So that almost becomes a wash. Yeah, but it never works out that way for Sheffield Wednesday, does it? Like, if there's a long pause, we're always the team who look like we're rusty for it. Oh, of course, but that uh, the the two sets of eleven players we've put out have been good enough, and our bench looks strong enough. Like that, we've won games with those eleven players. Oh, I know. Like, I know. so it's not. I don't think it's a good enough excuse to say. I don't think it, there's any let off of. Oh, it's a tough situation. No, oh, but I, I think we're the team that takes the excuse, though. Oh yeah, and I we give ourselves the excuse. We feel sorry for ourselves. There's a lot to be said about the the mental fortitude of the players, and, and really Sheffield Wednesday. It seems to be maybe the psychiatrist is the one that's had Omicron. The wow. sports psychologist. Wow. Yeah. No, you got a point, Rich. Our, our, the real MVP of our series of our, uh, our season. And Chan series uh, didn't open up his wallet for the arms race of getting more sports psychologists. <laughs> well, he's going to once we manage to speak to him. But the time zones, you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that brings us to today's game uh, versus Shrewsbury. 
at the Montgomery Waters uh, Stadium. Meadow. Meadow Stadium. Fair Meadow. Um, one of the silliest names yet in a in a season of quite silly names for for Stadia. Hmm. Would you say it's your favourite? Would I say it's my favourite? Named after a bottled water brand, it's it's pretty on the nose in terms of what Mon- Montgomery Waters do. They take water from Montgomery and put it in bottles. Interesting. That is very, very strange. They aspire one day to be Buxton Waters. So it's New Meadow they played, so that's the formal name. Yeah. And moved from the Gay Meadow. Yeah, good old Gay Meadow. Lots of happy times at Gay Meadow. Oh, bumming away. <laughs> that's a terrible joke, Richard. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. It wasn't me. This occasion. For once. For once. For once, it's you who's getting cancelled. Um, anyway. I, I could see that you wanted to, but through, I the, didn't want to say through that. that COVID mind fog. I, I genuinely find it's always amusing. Not amusing. It's just such an antiquated word. You know? Yeah. In the truest sense of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So anyway, we, we're at another poxy, poxy little show. We're there. We're there. At some point, they were play, praising the ambition of the club, having built a 10,000 seat stadium, and that, that's not a great amount of ambition to show. <laughs> but nice to see some safe standing on display. I hope that's a trial that works out when they, when, when, uh, when they look at it all. There's a few clubs that. You mean are... when Sky Sports uh, take its focus off the Premier League? Yes, yeah. Rich and I were watching. Uh, what were we watching? Was it Chelsea Liverpool? Or the. The endless preamble build-up yes. towards the game, and uh, somebody did a demonstration of safe standing. What it was like to actually stand at a football game. Well, you can sit, and then sometimes you can stand. I'm glad I was sitting down. To be honest, for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you could stand to give a standing ovation. Beautiful. <laughs> God, it's like some Christopher Nolan type stuff, isn't it? Oh. Mind is blown. Oh, it's not quite as clever as it thinks it is. Like a good, like a, some Christopher Nolan stuff. Mm. Um, but so Dunkley, uh, the aforementioned injured Dunkley out, mm-hmm. and uh, Hutchinson back in from the very deep dark cold. Come in, come in from come the cold. in from the freezer. Mm. Nipples like bullets. And and this again to to give formal confirmation to Wednesday night that Lewis Wing is still. Yes, yes. Wednesday, he's Just to provide something. reassurance that that little glimmer of hope that we might bring somebody else in has been from a out. pretty poor performance midweek, I must say. Yes. Um, Adoniram. Adoniram back and Berahino making a, a rare yeah. start. And and some of the absences, there's no Florian Canberry. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Windus. No, no Jacunt. No, <laughs> Jacunt. Um, and obviously the new, new freshly signed youngster, Boateng. Boateng made the bench, yeah. Mm, which is well, he's uh, our 23-year-old under-23s player, isn't he? So presumably well, there, there's some sort of eye on the, on the first team for that young man. Hmm. Um, I put strange... Originally my notes were first, strange first 10 minutes. Then it was strange first 15 minutes. I think I ended up with strange first 20 minutes was my uh, last mm. gambit in that regard. Um, it just was... It was sort of a mixture of frantically paced but fractured as well. Like, when the ball was in play, it was all 
100 miles an hour and really lacking quality and then when mm. the when but then the ball was out of play a lot the the ref was very heavily involved in the game it was really bitty and slow as a game um and not really much in the way of chances sort of half chances for both teams mm. they were putting some quality in from out wide we mm. sort of looked useful to a point probably till we got to about their third of the pitch and then it all fell to pieces. Um, Do you find it interesting? Like, I made the note to you, Rich, when we were watching the game together. I said, like, you could see that it looks like they've shortened the pitch. Mm. It's, uh, N- narrowed. With the new Maddo. Yeah. Maddo. I'm not going to give it its, uh, its <laughs> awful sponsored term because it's just shit. <laughs> um, but, like, that seemed to kind of really amplify the ball, the, the game being played at the throwing line. Really. Yeah. Well, that's the sort of weirdly ironic thing is if you make a pitch really wide, we've seen it at Hillsborough before, we've had managers make the pitch really wide and then actually conversely, what that makes teams do is play quite narrowly and having a quite a narrow pitch tends to go the other way, that people play quite wide because you're looking for the spaces really or you're looking to mm. close the amount of spaces. So having a narrower pitch means that yeah, both teams probably end up trying to use the flanks more because the middle becomes so congested. Uh, yeah, but that didn't really, you know, give us any great advantage. Oh no, it didn't. No, that, that, then, well, that's not the point to work for, for Sheffield Wednesday, right? It's to do with Shrewsbury's game plan for however they want to yeah. dictate their mentality for this season or however it is until they. It's interesting. They made decisions. I haven't, it. I haven't heard about changes at Hillsborough for a long time. Like I know. Mm. I remember... Um, well, it was more pressed with Irvin, wasn't it? Like, somebody else did make the point about Irvin and said, you know, like, they were talking about Alan Irvin, it was, I think... Did he spread... Did he... He spread the pitch. And but then, then Megson said... The Megson said it's ridiculous. Right, it's like it's, Wembley and yeah, made it a lot narrower. It a lot narrower. That feels like the last time I heard anybody talking about the width of the pitch, so I don't know whether we're still... Which is funny, or... because that completely buys with the mentality that you're putting across... Yeah. Because it was very much a mentality we didn't really use wingers. It was a very compact kind of negative spine mm. under Irvin. And, you know, we, we mentioned... Yeah. You know, I mentioned Tom Saws last week. Spoiler, spoiler. Yes. Um, but, you know, he was a player who was a centre mid who was kind of employed on that kind of flank. Oh, yeah. Right? To great effect. Sure. And we had a bit more of a... We had a bit more of a wing play under Megson. That's one of the things he kind of enjoyed. We sort of played O'Connor on a wing, didn't we? We did play O'Connor, but that was kind of like a tight right type thing, wasn't it? It was kind of a bit like we can only afford to have one kind of midfielder. So one winger who can be... Yeah. Who can have that kind of excitement and give us that. Um, One at a time. Yeah. One at a time. So anyway, to come back to today, yeah, like a lot of the game was played out on the sidelines and just incredibly bitty affair so that doesn't work for Wednesday because we also did yeah as you say we're never good at throw-ins that's never something we practice or have any no mentality with including one moment um, I think in the second half which was defensive throw-in which was it Palmer looted up for Barry yes you know, to yes. a leaping salmon yeah. type header flick up into the air which yeah. was especially shit it was especially poor um, it was just a lot of bad start bad mentality from the get going the opening notes we had, the hilarity that we had some of the worst Radio Sheffield commentary on yeah. the feed today. So we had Adam Oxley. We've got it's a new low. 
But he's, he apparently he's now called just Adam. So it's he's everyone's friend. Everyone's friend, and we all know him on first name basis. So it's Adam and Brian Laws. <laughs> uh, so Laws, Laws Brian was Brian. there. Brian, Brian. Uh, the opening notes of Laws saying that Wednesday need to get them on the back foot, and then we casually and badly struck it around the back. <laughs> um, we d- did the usual thing of playing it short. Um, that is more of a philosophy. It's not something I'm completely against, but I like it when it's mixed up. But didn't you? F- so I, th- I thought at times we did try and mix it up, and probably more as the the game progressed, but. We just did it very poorly. Like Bannon's ball, how many times Bannon tried to hit Verahino over the top or with a diagonal ball yes. and failed? Yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's probably five or six times. But that's again another recurring theme of this game of football: was that continually Bannon is making the bad choice. Yeah. Bannon could not play a simple pass in this game to save his life. No, it really overcomplicated things. Turned down better, easy options time and time again. Seems to have some sort of personal gripe with passing to Corbino. I remember it took a long time for him to pass to reach. He never used to pass to reach. He'd always go long. And then by mm. just about, you know, with the, like four years into Adam, Adam Reach's stint at Hillsborough, then he's maybe allowed to get the ball from Bannon. Mm. But there was, yeah, there was several times Corbino was in good uh, space and, and not Bannon just sort of swivelled and did something mm. else or passed it back or... Some of the better things, I think, just I'm just looking mm. through my notes from the first half, it's a bit of a patchwork kind of quilt. I know there's a great deal of stuff to kind of talk about. We had a good driving run from Adoniran and he had a drive which went over on the sixth minute. Yeah. Recalled that. Uh, there was a moment which um, I've also... I made a humorous note to hang out with Rich and said... Rich said, I like the run from Johnson, said Rich for the first time ever. <laughs> Uh, speaking of that man Johnson, he did a really excellent ball in on the 16th minute. Yeah. He did a great cross, but then Berahino just, just couldn't get there. He also didn't look like he wanted to get there. Well, no, that's another thing as well. I think that's maybe uh, probably where my generosity towards yeah. Berahino ends. <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, some of the worrying moments came 25th minute. Yeah. Palmer did a very huge block. Yeah. So had some very worrying defensive moments there. Um, that brings us to it's another enforced defensive uh, substitution. Yeah, so Patterson had collided with uh, a Shrewsbury, the Shrewsbury left back, um, fa- fairly early on off the pitch, and they both received treatment. But then, yeah, when uh, following Palmer's block, he was injured, uh, and Patterson actually went off the pitch at that point. So we saw Brennan again making a appearance in the first half from the substitutes bench mm-hmm. um, and the switch in this this case was that Palmer went out to right wing back mm. uh, Brennan came on yeah that's right yeah 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 um, Bailey Peacock Farrell really handled a couple of there was there was some decent crosses from Shrewsbury and he handled them pretty well I think we were lucky that they were angled towards him rather than being slightly better mm-hmm. uh, but we they sort of managed to get down the Flanks whenever they wanted to, whenever they needed to, uh, and and got yeah good good quality uh, possession in those areas, which we didn't have a similar route through their defence. Um, the next note I've got is wings effort from distance. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, I think they just had they had a header, which they was a really good move, but they just placed a header straight at Peacock Farrell. But yeah, then bring up to that. 
32nd minute mark. That was, that was a great crack from Wayne. Hit it with yeah, some real venom. A real drive. Again, maybe another unfortunate kind of to maybe spoil some of the rest of the coverage that we're getting into. A lot of shots straight at the goalkeeper. Yeah, we rarely had shots, but when we had them, they were normally straight at the keeper. Straight mm. down his throat. Um, then, oh, well, then, so uh, forgive me if I'm skipping ahead, but the mm. next note I've got is a, a slow sinking feeling takes over. Uh, the game uh, Wednesday looking ineffectual Shrewsbury getting closer um, and then, then 45 minutes plus 2 this eventually takes its toll uh, and in time added on Bannon and Johnson conspire to give Shrewsbury a corner and Pennington converts with a pretty much free header um, mm. we concede too many goals from set pieces uh, we've joked about it maybe being because they don't have to face good set pieces because it's something we're bad at offensively Um, but whatever the reason we've got a defender as our manager but we uh, we don't we so often fail at the basics of defending yeah any more to add on that one it was a good header from Pennington but uh, it was but it just it just looks he's middle of the goal it's it's a decent delivery but it's not like perfect no it, it felt like that was coming though it just yeah. the thing that was really annoying is about like again we have to be better than the officials that we have in this game yeah like it was a bitty niggly game and yeah. it felt like the ref wanted to you know prove his point prove his presence. himself into every situation exactly so that didn't help like if there was any game plan from Sheffield Wednesday today that did not help with this situation. I find that's happened so often, though, with Cottrell-type managers, with that mindset, they're almost always helped by the referees. Mm. Like, if you are a team that wants to slow things down, drag things out, break up play, you know, like, it's like in boxing, they're kind of, like, constantly grabbing hold. Referees will nearly always... Right. help you out in that. They'll blow the... They'll, blow, they'll be whistle-happy, they get involved in... We would what we had one thing we didn't touch on was Adam Aaron was maybe lucky to stay on the pitch for a, a yep. bad challenge. Yep. But the way the ref charged into that exchange, he sort of worried that he was going to give a red card. He got involved in spats that he didn't need to. He sort of heightened things rather than managing the game. He sort of charged in and threw his weight around. But that's such a rare dimension that you never see from referees. Mm. It's like I don't know. I'd like. I don't know, would, would anybody ever say if, like, if you asked a referee, your, your standard referee, wh- why, are you, why are you doing this? Like, yeah, I, I feel like it's such a small percentage that should ever say, I'm here to facilitate a good a game of football to be as good as yeah. it can possibly yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As good and as fair as it can possibly be. Yeah. I love football and I want to see it. I want to... F- yeah, facilitate the playing of good football would be a nice answer to that question but more often than not I've been well the rules are there and I'm here to uphold them exactly I'm I, I it probably more to do with who they are and their ambitions as opposed to influencing something but I think that would be like I don't know that would be a huge paradigm shift if we could get if yeah, I don't know if the FA could kind of run something like that yeah instead of just endlessly seeing and looking at players as a series of naughty schoolboys. Well, this—I mean, this ref really brought the energy of 
a nightclub bouncer on Adderall into the into the game. Like yeah. whatever drama and clashes there were, he was right in the midst and kind of amping everything up. Which again is like you said, it's amplifying that situation, which is helping the opposition team. Yeah. But again, we're the other fighter in this. I've never seen Wednesday do this stuff. It's been a long time since yeah. we've had any kind of pretty cynical gamesmanship yeah. to win and to play football matches like this. But it's going to frustrate us. And we have the characters who don't have, again, the mental fortitude. Well, we're so... You saw it happen midweek. I think we're so on the precipice often of dismay. Like, we mm. let in that one goal and it's heads down sulking, feeling sorry for ourselves. And that, yeah, if you're then a team that's like, great, we've got our noses in front, we're just going to, like, spoil the game now. It feeds into it, because we're feeling hard done to, and, like, it just feeds into our kind of almost surly teenage attitude as a team. (laughs) Um, It it just sort of exacerbates it. Uh, But, yeah, so often I just feel like the ref is almost like managing the game alongside the bad manager. Yeah. Because they're officious and, and it's so many times in this game he told people to go back like three feet or one foot or whatever when I th- on throwing. Mm. Honestly, who can be bothered? Like, what does it matter? Um, but there we go. That was it's an awful half of football, really. From it was. I mean, I, I said at this point, and I mean it. Maybe in some ways it got a little bit better, but I, I feel that's maybe damning with faint praise, possibly. But, I mean, this was a dreadful non-entity of a football game. And I'm just heartbroken to say once again that the lumpy, lumpy shithouses that we're up against yeah. in this league look far better side. There is... Or better back, side, maybe. We're back to feeling that there's almost a fundamental misjudgment been made in terms of setting up our squad this season. Like, we should have been built for a fight, built for a battle... Yeah. That's where, if we win the fight, we let the quality play. We let Barry Bannon be that difference maker. Mm. When we, when we fail in that, when we don't fight, we don't match metal. You know, we don't fight fire with fire. We we end up just shrinking back and just not having an influence on the game. And that's sort of what's happened in both games. Mm. The. Um, <laughs> The, the slight caveat you can give yourself on the Sunderland game is that's a good team in good form clearly got some good players they've been they're always they're perennial contenders aren't they mm. whereas Shrewsbury it's much more a case of they're not great they're not in great form they're pretty bang average side for this level they're a kind of league two league one yo-yo team yeah. um, they didn't bring any great quality to today's game they, but they looked a lot better than us. They looked like they had a plan and they executed it. So that's where I think it's, it's in, a, in a way, almost more frustrating today's game than the, the Sunderland game. Well, like I was, was going to say, like Shrewsbury looked like a team from previously who the narrative was that they were going to kick and punch for every little point they can squeeze in this yeah. division yeah. to keep them as a third-tier footballing side. As it stands right now, we're 8th and they're 14th following this loss. Right. There's 8 points between us. Yeah. They're minus 3 goal difference, we're plus 3 goal difference. It so feels weird. like a very mild different end of each, each coin. Yeah. You know, the penny, 
the one penny piece is so rusty and dirty <laughs> that we can't make out who's ahead of the tails in this one. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That This probably feels like, I don't know, I mean, this probably feels like a successful season for them thus far. I would think so. Yeah. If they can get to a position of challenging for the top half, and I mean, I, I think they were a team everybody seemed to write off as relegation yeah. favourites. And, you know, they're doing, doing a lot better than... Uh, Doncaster Rovers, who were, you know, oh, yeah. pretty much nearly double, nearly double the point tally. Yeah, just, just an awful game of football, really, really. And unfortunately, second half, by and large, more of the same. There was a period where it picked up, but first ten minutes, we were maybe even worse than we were in the last ten minutes of the of the first half. Um, very, very unlucky. Uh, very, so very, very lucky that Bowman missed an absolute sitter. He was three yards out and somehow managed to kick it over the bar when it was would have been much, much easier to score or at least hit the target with. Um, we did make a couple of changes and, and we did have a go at it. It's one of these because again, knowing Cottrell as a manager, knowing that type of manager, they were sitting back on their one nil lead. So how much of it was them drawing up? You know, pulling in the drawbridge and holding on to what they had, um, or how much of us was getting better? I don't know because we mm. they gave us more space, we took more space, so it's a bit of chicken and egg in terms of that that mm-hmm. sort of change to things. We brought on Delhi Bashiru for Adoniran. Um He almost had a, a sort of instant impact. There was a ball fizz through to Berahino who took a terrible touch, but. Deli Bashiru read it and, and hit a left-footed strike, which was probably our best effort of the game, to be honest. It produced a save from the keeper. He actually had to stretch for it, uh, but he didn't get anywhere near the contact he would have liked on, on, the, on the shot, I'm sure, Deli Bashiru. It was, a bit, it was a pretty tame effort, but for the first time, we didn't go straight at the goalie. Um, we then made another successive change. We brought on, um, brought on jo- uh, brought Johnson off, and brought on Men- Mendes Lang. Um, and we did have some pressure at that point. I don't know. I haven't noted it all down individually because it was not, not big individual moments, but it was like little half chances. And unfortunately, most of the good stuff seemed to land with Berahino, who mm. looks clueless and frightened in possession. He didn't... The ball would ricochet off him in the box. He constantly looks surprised by the fact the ball would get to him. So mm-hmm. it's like it's almost like he's got a a left brain, right brain type dichotomy. There's a couple of times in this game where, like, out of some sort of deep seated instinct, he rolled his man or turned his man, and then his brain caught up with where he was and what he was doing, and he got frightened. Like mm-hmm. out of <laughs> out of sheer. Um, yeah, out of, out of sheer sort of um, nature, he would do something useful and helpful, striking-wise. And then mentality caught up with him and he remembered where he was, remembered who he was, and sort of didn't produce a, a, a poor cross or produced a bad shot um, or just let it bounce or bounce away from him. Um, but he seemed to... Clearly there's something there that's getting him in the right positions... It's just unfortunate for us he's the one that's in those positions because I think if Lee Gregory was in... If you halved his opportunities on the ball and gave half of them to Lee Gregory, probably would have got a goal or two out of this today. Yeah. Um, and that's the side of it that's le- it's more hopeful is that we did at least produce some modicum of form. 
Yeah. Uh, but it didn't amount to anything in the end. No. No, I mean, uh, the only couple of... There's a few small chances I've written down from that kind of situation. Mm. You know, we had a good move on the 57th minutes. There was a few beautiful passes were kind of made through. And Bannon finally doing a nice pass this game. And that was the one that it came into Berahino. And he just completely bottled it. He was shanked off the ball. Yeah. But it just... Again, it just... It, it just... It that looks like, I don't want to be here to, no. to win this in this situation. The ball then kind of came to Delhi Bashuru, who kind of mishit it, but almost mishit it in. Yeah. Uh, 67th minute, that was another good effort from Lewis Wing. And they're keeping Mariso, kind of parried it out. Yeah. I think that was an even better, like it was dipping and Had a bit of parry, a bit of dip yeah. on it. Yeah. And then, you know, that came out for Bannon, so it's a curl effort wide. Berahino in the same first minute did have a semi-decent effort, I will say. Yeah. Probably a couple of mildly generous things I've said about him today. And I I mean that just in terms of all she wrote. I mean, we, you know, we're not a fan of the mononym commentator on Radio Sheffield, Adam. No. Um, you know, very annoyingly kind of made the point. You know, he, he seemed to uh, really enjoy getting overexcited and nutting at some of... Uh, <laughs> Steve Cotterell's um, <laughs> team's work and including mention him a number of times. Yeah. Like he was a thirsty chap. Was that <laughs> um, the mention of, you know, it could have been 3-0. There was obviously the chance we mentioned, which was yeah. the somehow insane toe poke over the bar. Yeah. And then there was one on the 75th minute, which oh, I yeah. think we probably got some kudos given to Kieran Brennan. Who, yeah. There was uh, two chances, wasn't there, in that move, which, uh, which he closed down both of them somehow yeah and maybe that's some kudos for Brennan here I think he said you know it was probably a little bit of fault for the for the goal yeah he was he seemed to be caught under it seemed to be his man that scored and he was sort of caught under the play I do think maybe we're seeing that aerially he's not it, it's not his strong suit which in a division where there's a lot of heading the ball away to be done mm. um, is is going to come back and bite us on the bomb unfortunately uh, but there's lots to like about the way he plays. It's just he like he's had a bad <laughs> he's had a bad week. The team's had a bad week. There's very few players that come out with any credibility or any no real, real nuggets of praise from these last two. Is, is that the way to kind of move and kind of go on to uh, looking at looking at the villain of the piece? It could well be. This could be a, a segue. Well, this is a tough one for saying who's. Who's the worst player that we can pick from this Sheffield Wednesday team? Ugh. I mean, this is not... It's not Sunderland, where I thought it was interesting. I saw, you know, Dom Housen's player ratings. Mm. And it's a uniform 2 out of 10 across the Twos and threes, wasn't it? Twos yeah. and threes, which is kind of correct. No, I think that's fair, but it's just it's staggering just how poor it is. Yeah. I will be honest from that, that kind of mentality. Um, I think he, he was kind of upgrading players to fives today. Okay. From what I saw on right. Yorkshire Live. Um, who do I think is worth a lot of kind of poorness? You know, I think I'm going to go with Bannon. Yeah, so much rests on his shoulders and today he just didn't rise to that at all. Didn't rise to the occasion. Mm. And I'd almost think in a weird way that like, I think if you looked across to, to one, of his other, um, one of his other partners in the, in the engine room, Probably, I thought Wing was better than Bannon. Yeah, 
Yeah, which is pretty damning. Wing didn't have it was didn't have a bad game at all. Adoniran had that one shot and then really faded. It's such a shame to see how he's gone in a, in a Wednesday shirt. We had such high hopes, and I just don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what to expect from him now. When I don't think he's named the team sheet. Yeah, uh, Delhi Bashiru had an impact when he came on. He was close with that effort. He did. He does drive us forward in a way that other players don't. Uh, mm. I, I can understand him getting dropped. I thought he was unlucky to be subbed off against Sunderland because mm. I thought other players had done much, much worse. Um, sim- similarly, I thought he was unlucky not to start this game, but then maybe he's being managed, which is fair enough. Uh, he's still a, you know, still a young man. I feel like we may years. as well just kind of, just as a very rudimentary thing, it might just be interesting just to go through the entire kind of starting lineup in terms of maybe just quickly. Um, what do you think of Peacock Farrell today? I thought, well, by and large, I thought it was good. We did have that one flap that that uh, he was pretty lucky to get away with. Um, was that the one that did get skied? I think that was, wasn't it? That was the the, the chance. So that mm. he sort of come to punch that, and he didn't really get a hold of it at all. And so that mm. that cre- he created the situation. Um, but he showed really good hands. I mean, there were several good cro- like whipped in crosses that he kept a hold of which if he'd spilled any of those we would have it would have eased, it would have been easy meat for a, a striker to just gobble up mm. I, think, I believe their, their main striker's in pretty good form he's sort of got three goals in five games it'll be six games now um, so yeah I, th- I thought he did okay how did you think he did? I was like, I'm just trying to remember because I mean I can, I can go through and pretty much mention most of the team but he didn't have any big saves to make. He got Farrell was it was so weird that like he was both the worst and best player against Sunderland. Mm. Like it could have been it could have hit double digits if it wasn't for Peacock yeah. Farrell. But there are a number of occasions that were pretty poor midweek from, from yeah. Peacock Farrell. And you know, a number of his goals are pretty bad to concede. He doesn't cover himself in glory for his uh, state there. The defence was bad today in general. Um, but again, I'm I'm like, I, I think I almost had a moment where I wanted to turn to you while watching this and just see if this is what my eyes believe me. So the back three at one point today, let me think, was Johnson. Yeah. Was it, at one point it was Johnson, Hutchinson, and Brennan. That's yeah, yeah. You could not. It's like the lottery. Yeah. You could not guess that that combination of them. You know. The yeah. Sheffield Wednesday back three defensive lottery. If you somehow you've gone for Sam Hutchinson, Kieran Brennan, and Marvin Johnson, then you you win the keys to uh, the United <laughs> Kingdom. As far as I'm aware, I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody had a, a, a drastically. Well, that's not that's not right. Very few players had a drastically awful game. Um, I think Corbino wasn't his day. He. Corbin was bad today. He looked pretty bad on the left, and then eventually, when he switched to the right, he looked a bit brighter. But the quality wasn't there when he. He looked so shook today. Yeah, he didn't look like it looked like a um, a racehorse that was spooked. Yeah, I don't know whether that's so being involved. Firework in. and Corbin out. Yeah, just doesn't want to play. No, um, I thought Hodge was broadly fine. I thought Johnson had a bit of a spell of. Kind of, I thought he was unlucky to go off though. I know, but that I can see like he did give the ball away a couple of times. I think he was looking a little bit leggy as well, especially with uh, especially Corbin being poor today. 
Like, I don't know why we needed to just keep Chop and change, shuffle around that defensive line after yeah. Patterson went off. Like, I know we don't have a like-for-like, like, but... Yeah, because Palmer played right-sided centre-back, right-wing-back, and left-sided centre-back during this game at various points. Just, just showing off his versatility. Um, no, it's interesting. Yeah, so it's interesting. So it's a couple of not know his best day, but not not actively like creating problems for other people, just not creating good moments for us. Mm. Same for really most of the defence, although I thought Brendan should have done better for the for the goal itself. Uh, and there was a couple of halfway line headers that he missed and it could have caused problems in behind. Patterson just wasn't on the pitch long enough really to have that much of an impact. I, mm. I like him out there, I like his enthusiasm out there on the right. It's a big loss to lose him in this game. Position. Um, I don't know if it'd been a good thing to have him on the pitch during this or whether he's just going to get riled up and then just just lose his head yeah no it's hard to know as I say Wing this is probably one of his better performances which is damning with faint praise but it's some praise for Lewis Wing which is uh, in and of itself kind of kind of nice Bannon had we rely on him so much he had the ball in good situations and just didn't produce time and time again yeah um, and unfortunately when he did produce he's picked out Saido Berahino as one of the people he will pass to um, deigned worthy of his balls um, and he's not worthy of the balls stop passing to him but yeah well that's a, that's an interesting thing with like I think we said this on you know the other week when we did our half season player ratings mm. like it says a lot to be um to be damning of people who you expect more from. Yeah. So, carrying on with that theme, you know, Bannon gets the award for worst performer of the game today, but, you know, I'm completely overlooking Berahino. Yeah. Who, as we know... Because his expectations. Yeah, because I don't expect anything from him anymore. He's Moore's mate. Yeah. He does anything remotely okay, and I'm impressed. Thankfully, yeah. because he's going to do fuck all, because he's... he's, he's Shit. Yes. It's really bad. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to go after this. I'm probably skulk off to the Greek third division or something. I don't know. Tim Hotchell putting a good word at Paphos. Paphos. Get you in a Paphos, mate. Mate, I can get you in a Paphos if you want. I'm already in Paphos. It's full shackle fucking Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm frustrated for Gregory today. Yeah, I think probably across both games, not done anything wrong particularly. I think, I do think both games kind of show us where he's not quite what we like. He's been a great signing and he's been great value. He's also he's not what we needed really. I think we needed somebody who's bigger, stronger, more mobile. Um, he's more kind of working angles and working things. He's not quick enough to be involved in the build-up play and get the goal at the end. Yeah, he seems yeah, to be yeah. able to do one or the other. Um, and we so... like You mean he's not like a Premier League footballer who will watch a highlight of where they start a play and then they just go do this kind of mazy angled run to get on the end of it. Beautiful <laughs> cross. Well, he's sort of in between both. Like, he's not, he's not a target man. Yeah who can hold the ball up and hold people off and bring others into play. He's also not a fox-in-the-box striker. He's kind of an in-between guy, which by and large has worked for us. But to, today, less so Sunderland. That was just a complete 
shellacking. But today, as you say, when we're knocking it around the back and we're looking a bit short of ideas, we need a reliable outball. And he's not that, because Ebanks, Lendl, wherever. <laughs> Ebanks Blake, Ebanks Lendl, what was he called? I don't Ebanks know. Lendl. Ebanks Lendl. Ebanks Blake is another player, right? It's a different uh, yeah. double barrel Ebanks, which I think we talked yeah. about. Um, yeah, the many flavoured Ebanks. Uh, so yeah, so big League One defenders are just going to beat him for headers all the time and bully him and shovel him around because strong as he is and awkward as, as he is, you just can't. Unfortunately, sometimes they're six foot five and you're you're six foot, and that's going to be enough without a quality of ball going to you. And it's days like today where you don't have that quality out ball. You need a rough and tumble player that's going to go win the ball rather than mm-hmm. keep it when he gets it uh, so yeah I, nothing he's can come out of it both games with his head held reasonably high but also at the same time it's like yeah it sort of shows you what we are what what we lack in our in our sort of deck of cards going forward yeah. that's that's another position I would like in an ideal world I'd probably sign two defenders <laughs> a left back a holding midfielder and a target man striker mm. those would be my my signings I doubt we'll get anybody yeah because unfortunately we've got an owner that's completely asleep at the wheel yep um anybody for honourable mention I suppose Gregory fits in that category Gregory Palmer Palmer you know wing, wing. at a stretch you know, relative the, yeah the three players that were kind of okay I thought Adniran was in that that list for the for the poorest performance because he just didn't really show up outside of that one shot. He was lucky to stay on the pitch from that wild tackle, and I think in the end you almost have to take him off because you're worried about him being on the yellow and getting increasingly frustrated. Mm. So there we go. Mm. <coughs> this is possibly the the lowest energy uh, podcast we've ever recorded. <laughs> Um, but I lay the blame for that pretty much wholly at the at the door of Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Well, I mean, if you know, if if uh, you know, and I uh, I hate kind of giving him more focus. <laughs> you know, I, I hate feeding into kind of Darren Moore's kind of pithy post match stuff. Which you know, I, I said to you at the end of this one is like I don't want to I don't want to see another Sheffield Wednesday manager go. No. But you were saying how that's not going to happen because, you know, Chancery is asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because I just, I feel like there's so much, especially after midweek, of being, fans have been clamouring for football, have been so disappointed. And it really feels like you're a petulant child who just really, just instead of a PlayStation you got a bowl of cornflakes with piss all over them. <laughs> While, like, everyone else playing football, it's like, your mates have got, your mates have got, like, um, I don't know, when I was a kid, I was always jealous of kids who would have, like, little mini motorised cars. <laughs> I feel like they've got that, and I'm just, like, you know, trying to get some entertainment value out of my piss-soaked Frosties. <laughs> but, like, it really stings to not have any football for so long and this be the thing we come back to. And two games in quick succession, and now again, I don't want to feed into that Darren Moore kind of thing, but like, there's plenty of time on the training ground now. 
Unless yeah. touch wood, which is right next to me. If that is wood, wood rich, <laughs> maybe it isn't. Um, work unless there's another COVID outbreak now. Yeah, totally. Um, another thing I want to make is a point is um, I didn't notice, um, you know, New York House Paddy, Paddy Jones said on Twitter, like, you, you know, he put on, we just had the dying embers of the Chelsea Liverpool game on in the background before Rich turned it off because yeah. we should really talk about what we're focusing on <laughs> now and all this stuff but like it is he was like it's like watching Chelsea Liverpool is a completely different thing it's like an alien beast and I know it's a much higher quality of football yeah. but especially watching those two games in contrast yeah. which has been our kind of oh, focus yeah. for today yeah. like it's just chalk and cheese they're so opposite yeah absolutely. you know the thing I wanted to notice and make a note of you know, just going back to that whole thing with, like, the game being played by the bylines, these tight bylines, it was like some shit game that someone's, that some teachers made up for PE that you're playing. Yes. That you tell people about when you go to university. You'd be like, at my school, we played this game called Bible. And uh, we round a line, and you're trying to explain the rules, and people be like, that's madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, and you're like, and you kind of accept it's a thing because you've been given it as a child. Yeah. So it kind of sticks with you, and you never question how weird it is. But that was the game we saw today. Yeah, absolutely. This has just struck a chord with me. So Mark, Mark Watson, uh, the formerly Welsh, now Bristolian comedian, um, could there be anything more on brand than, me, than for me to support a football team about whom everyone says, you're going to be great one day, but whose every move ultimately turns to shit? Good night. And then he said, Meanwhile, you see Man United fans tweeting about how boring tonight's game was, a 3-1 win. Imagine thinking you could choose whether a win is fun or not. Twitter as a fan of a bad team is like eternally being in Harrods with rich tourists roaming around. Because it is, I mean, it's just like the, the scale of what's bad and what's good. It, this is an, These are unbeknownst levels of low. Mm. I think in terms of the managerial situation... All along, it's been hard to shake the feeling. Surely, all you can judge a manager on is, okay, these are the players you have, these are the resources you have. Mm. Um, And increasingly, you don't actually have a choice over the players. There's kind of a committee that does that, or it's an agent is the friend of the chairman, and you sign players based on his list or whatever. You know, These are normal situations. Um, So you don't even really get choice over the players, but you get the players... And how you can judge a manager is, are they getting a tune out of those players? Are they... Of course. If this is a 7 out of 10 squad, are we producing 7 out of 10 performances? And if they're getting 8 or 9 out of 10, they're mm. not a good manager. If they're getting 5 out of 10, they're yeah. a not-so-good manager. And, yeah. and it feels like... It felt like just before Christmas we were at the kind of vaguely positive side of eking by... So if this is a 7 out of 10 squad, it felt like we were maybe doing like 6.75 or 6.9 something. Yeah. These two games have been way, way down. Yeah. And our average score feels lower now. Yeah. Even though it's only been two games, it feels like I'm looking at Darren Moore again and saying, you are ru- you're just so close to a failing grade here. I know. And I wish we weren't riding this particular... Bit of the road. <laughs> yeah, but all we can do is just just wait it out and see what happens, right? But it feels like the other promotion contenders, the scale is really good, not so good, and that's about it. 
And we seem to have brilliant and completely woeful in our life. I don't think we ever reached the, the mark of brilliant. Like, again, uh, but the, the problem is, like... Well, the first half against Atkins and Stanley, I thought we looked like an absolute world-beating team. I know that's one half of football. <laughs> I, know, it's, I know it's only one half, but we yeah. maybe touched eight or nine. We had a half against Leeton Town last season. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In the relegation season. Yeah. And, like, we looked, looked like absolute world-beaters. We just were so tired after that first half. And then half. we just, was like, we're done. There's, there's no energy left in the tank. Yeah. We're done steamrolling. We want to sit on the beach. Yeah. But maybe, you know, maybe that first half against Accrington, we maybe, if we're a seven squad, we'd maybe touched eight and a half, 8.75. Yeah, which I, I, I think that's the thing, is we expect the disappointment I think that I've found, that I think my, my revelations of doing this podcast with you, Rich, and chatting to you every week, is that there haven't been those moments of individual brilliance. No. And there hasn't been those collective moments of individual brilliance, like, mounting to the team. Yeah. Like, it hasn't been that. Like, Sunderland, Plymouth... They can have performances where they put four or five past a past a struggling team. We're not there. We're not that no. clinical. No. So I get that. In a way, I mean, we've had two really poor performances, which we had a goal difference of plus nine. Now it's down to plus three. So we've lost. We've lost six goals. No reply. No reply no in any reply. of those games. And no, not even really looking close to replying. No, no. Sunderland looked like we could play for another four hours. Yeah. And we'd never get close, even if they got tired as well. But, like, it's annoying because up till those two games were six points, and I feel like I've said to you for a number of weeks now, we look like we're so close to it. And yeah. I feel like we deserve it. But, like, the other teams just above us just seem to have yeah, you're a looking, better form than us. Yeah, you're looking at the league table going, how are we not a little bit higher than we were? And now it just seems like there's such a gaping gap. There's a gap of six points. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're becoming also also runs. You know? Yeah, I think that's the question, isn't it? I think Chancery's got to. I now feel like we won't. I feel fairly confident saying this. Might, I'd be pleased if this comes back to bite me, but I feel fairly confident saying if Darren Moore remains the manager, we will not, and we, and we don't bring in another handful of players. Yeah, we won't make the playoffs. Oh God, no, no, no. And How many players do you think we need to get to the playoffs? I think at least five, maybe more. Wow. And it's not going to be... The ones I mentioned, two, two centre-backs, a left-back, holding midfielder and a, a target man would be my minimum, I think. Mm. But even then, what, will Darren Moore play them in the right position? Or will he keep playing Berahino? Or will he yeah. keep rotating? Yeah. So even then, it's not a given. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from Chan Siri's point of view... I if I if my money and my investment, I'd be looking at it going. Okay, well, we've got another league year down in League One, making League One money, guaranteed now. If I don't make a change, yeah. I'm not saying I want a change, but I think you have to then be realistic about expectations because Darren Moore, it's just not consistent enough, and the the fact that we are. Early on in the season, there was all this well, it's a project, blah blah blah, work in progress. You, that you don't get away with that in December. The, the, the end of December, beginning of January, you can't be a work in, pro, in progress anymore. Mm. We're not a project anymore. This needs to look like the finished article. And the fact, as a finished article, we can still produce the week of football we've produced is really worrying. Yeah, and it. 
it's really worrying for the season ahead. Mm-hmm. I think probably we're good enough to not be worried about relegation. No, but, no. But we, but as, you, as you said, we, we're we're maybe two or three bad results away from thinking about that rather than the other end of things. Yeah. And those two, three results could just happen. That could happen before the end of January. But when when comes the point that we like? And I, I mean, it's different leagues, it's different ideas. I mean, we would have loved this in, we would have loved this with the debacle of what happened last year. Yeah. Um, even maybe the year before, because that was a staggering implosion. Yeah. But, like, we're in a different sense now, we're in different aspirations. Different league. Different league. I, I think comfortably, historically, Wednesday are more a second-tier side than they are a third-tier side. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair thing to say. So, but but when at this point are we going to have the point of being like? It, it feels like we can. It might we might come to the point of being like prepare the nails for the coffin for the season because there's nothing else to play for. Yeah, but then if Darren Moore's not good enough this season with this squad, and it's definitely not good enough next season on a reduced budget. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that there's some great uh, benefit for him to bring in some with some great relationships, some loans. Some juicy loans. Yeah. But uh, I don't know so far. It's still money though, isn't it? That's the, I mean, yeah. what resources are there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how a team like Sunderland goes to currently top of this league. I don't understand them as a team. I don't understand no. them as a squad. I don't understand how you can lose your top striker and look stronger the next year. I don't know what magic yeah. they're doing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they're doing that has made them, over a number of series of years... I mean, you know, there are other teams that have had a lot longer in this league than, yeah. you know, than we hope to be in this league. Yeah, yeah. So that's something else. I don't know. But then I think they've had consistently whatever four seasons of feeling like they had a championship winning, a, 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 a league winning, not championship winning, but a league winning team. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the dregs of that plus whatever they keep adding. Like there's, there's a resource that doesn't right. seem to be available to us but again no that, that's still the mentality is like how do you you have some advantage of being a big club right but then I don't know the Wednesday mentality is always it's borrowed money borrowed time borrowed players borrowed players giving vast fortunes to players like Barry Bannon yeah like and it's not paying off really Bannon is not giving us the value no I, I think sadly well we've we've touched on that as well haven't we but yeah, sadly, the the flip side of giving him, getting him to sign that contract is we are getting to see his <laughs> the the dregs of his uh, career. his career yeah. slide by. Like we've had more bad performances, we've had more bad decision making, yeah. worse set pieces. Yeah, but he's still more than good enough for this level. He's still comfortably our best player. He's mm. still involved in all the goals, etc., etc. But he is not... He's no long... He's not as good of a player as he was two years ago. No. And it will accelerate from here. Mm. Next year, he will be much worse than he is now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's just tricky looking at it because I think it is natural... We talk about New Year, New Year, all that sort of stuff. It's natural to look at the year ahead and sort of say, well, what does that look like for Wednesday? And as I say, if it was my investment and it was imperative that we get we give it a good go to get out of this division, then I I, I, I don't know who I'd look to. I don't have a name ready. Um, I know there's a couple of people 
out of job, out of work that are that are, are potential candidates. We could but, take a look at Paul Cook. Paul Cook is Alex Neal. I think he's without. A, yeah, I don't know if he'd be of a caliber to attract Alex Neal. No, but it, I just, I've just, I, I just, much as I, I don't even know if I like Darren Moore anymore. It's funny yeah. how he so often gets caveated with he's a nice guy, but it's like I just, I, it just seems hopeless. I don't know. I mean, there's just too many. I used to think under Carlos, give us a week and we'll beat anybody. Give him a week to plan and get the team ready and get a game plan together. Mm. And we could take on any team in that league and, and above. Like the Arsenal game, classically, we had quite a few. We had a week before that Arsenal game. Like, give us, a, give us the time to prep. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're always the opposite with more. He overthinks and rethinks and second guesses himself and chops and changes, and he ends up doing something bizarre mm. rather than the obvious. The plan, yeah. And, and we hear about how he meticulously game plans. What's he doing? What did he meticulously game plan for Sunderland? Oh, and there doesn't seem to be a fallback when it all collapses well, like a pack of cards. Well, that was the funny thing, especially if you think about Sunderland, like the first home game we had against Sunderland where we won. Mm. We played a very high press. Yeah. And we really shoved it up Sunderland. Yeah. And they were not ready for that. No. But I, I don't know what the game plan was. Is the game plan just try and just fucking get through this game of football? <laughs> it seems to be the case. It seems to be like... Yeah, I don't know. It's so much... Um, Sticky back plastic holding. And we saw, you know, we saw that one run you mentioned. That one run from Johnson. Didn't see that any other time in the game. Mm. They over, he underlapped Corbino and went up the, the the left wing. And I think we saw one of those from Palmer. Maybe undertaking. <laughs> undertaking. Yeah. So is that was that part of the game plan? Did Johnson just go crazy for a second? Or if that was the game plan, we never did it again. Mm. I don't know. It just, um, it, it's hard to come off a, a week like this and just think of anything positive, really. I know. Uh, is the only conclusion we can make is that all this is pretty baffling? Yeah, it's all pretty crazy stuff. Uh, I'm just looking ahead to the fixtures now. Oh, so, goody. I know, yeah. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, I knew what the next game was, folks, but I just got to see Rich's look on his face. Sees the next fixture. Uh, it's our favourites. Put the fuck up. It's Thanos. <coughs> mm. <laughs> well, then it would be very Sheffield Wednesday to turn up and have a performance in that game. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, anyway, um, we should we should wrap this up. This has probably been a mammoth up. session. This is pretty long, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, it's meandered. It's I don't been... know. Are we going to do an episode next week? Are we? I might be in the country still. I might be skedaddling back off to Canada. I don't know. It's it's all a bit of a mess, folks. I mean, it's... Uh, we'll think of something. I guess so. But, uh, yeah, we can arrange something. Okay. The ghosts of January past. <laughs> sure, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Cheerio, folks. Look after yourselves. I promise we'll... Our moods will have leavened by the time we talk again. Um... And, uh, yeah, uh, stay safe. Have a good night, Ron. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>